There is no higher, no greater, no better focus for our lives, devotion, Father, than you. You engrossed in you that we might leave here looking that much more like children that bear your resemblance. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. A common prayer I pray every Sunday is, uh, God, let me feel your heart for your people. That's a dangerous prayer. It's really quite overwhelming what I feel when God honors that prayer. And as we were singing this morning, I just got a sense, if faith can move a mountain, let the mountains move, that the Lord wants someone to know that he knows you're facing your mountain. And I, I, I don't know what mountains mean for you, but they're always something that's bigger than me. Mountains are something nobody can do by themselves. Mountains are something that take much more than us to move. They require real God being active and intervening in, in our lives and in our situation. And I felt the Lord's heart wanting to encourage someone to keep on. That he sees the mountain that you're up against. That he will be your God. You know, Jesus calls us to an abundant life, that's true, but most of us discover that once we start down that road, it can also be the toughest life we've ever loved. <laughs> to live loving? Is there, is there a higher call, or is there a more difficult thing than to live life loving? And how can you live your life loving unless you live your life being loved? So to follow his call returns us again and again to his table, to his very presence, to needing his essence in our lives. You know, we run out of strength, we run out of gas, we run out of determination. We fold in front of the mountains before us. It's to love, but it's also the great if we know. It was a fisher's village off the northwest coast of America some years ago. And a ship was being dashed against the rocks and coming undone. It was a small fisherman's village, and so most of those still in the village were either too young to be at sea or too old. And that community gathered at the shore, hopeless, wondering what could be done. Finally, one strong enough to get in the rowboat, and then another showed up, and they got in the rowboat, and they headed out to the crashing ship. There were men being lost, and they rowed out, up the lifeboat to its capacity, and rowed back in, and when they got there, they were exhausted. They were pulling men half-drowned out of the boat, trying to give them care. They said, did you get all of them? They said, we got all but one. We just couldn't fit another in there, and we told them to stay with the wreckage until we returned. 
But the men that were getting out were exhausted, though they could have had the strength. Only the oldest and the youngest of the community were there. One, still strong enough, got back in the boat and said, who's coming with me? Who will bear an oar with me and get back out there to that lost man? No one responded until they heard an elderly woman in the back saying, no, Jim, Jim, don't go. Jim, you can't go. I lost your father to the sea and your older brother, William, he went to sea and we've never been. Well, if you go and if you don't come back, I'll have nothing. Jim, you can't go. And the boy hugged his mother. Others overheard him whispering, Mom, I must. Then he got in the rowboat and they rowed out to the wreckage and it was so hostile in the sea they couldn't quite see what was happening. They started rowing back. They didn't know if they had gotten there and found him gone and, and then just turned. They seemed to be returning quickly and when they got within earshot and they could be heard over the wind and the waves, someone from, from shore said, did you find him? Is he with you? And they waved back and they could hear a voice calling to them over the waves. Yes! Yes, we've got him! And tell Mama, it's William. It's William. But, but what if love doesn't take that risk? What if love doesn't keep loving when the winds are howling and when the mountains are in front of us? Will we ever know the abundant life that's promised us if we don't find a way to remain those who are loved and still loving? There's still those that are perishing. There may be some in your own families. We risk when we love. But the Lord calls us to it. His promise to us is that that is the abundant life. Why do we come for communion? We must. On the night in which He gave Himself up for us, Jesus took bread and He gave thanks to you, our Father, and He broke the bread and He gave it to His disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and He gave thanks to you, our Father, and He gave it to His disciples and He said, take and drink from this, all of you. All of you, for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, Lord God, we pray that you'd pour out your spirit on these gifts of juice and bread and upon us, your people, that we might find the strength to love as you love us, to have faith even as you believe us to be worthy of such a great sacrifice. Visit us this morning, Father, right where we are, at the base of whatever mountain we perceive. And if faith can move the mountain, then let that mountain move.
in the strong name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You are.